generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Genesis 3. God wants to clothe us. This is a continuation of what God revealed to us last night along the lines of stripping our shame. Circumcising the flesh, the second, circum the second circumcision was a cotton of the reproach of Egypt. So everything that we picked up in Egypt, the identity, the accents, the habits, the orientation, the mindset, the philosophies of Egypt that had stuck to us, that we're now going to reproduce, God has to take those things away so that our reproductive organs will birth with the consciousness of our covenant, the original covenant that God had with, with man, which he revealed to Abraham. Genesis 3, verse 6 says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, hmm, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and the sword fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. We spoke about that yesterday. They heard the sound of the Lord God, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. If I could preach another message from this, I'll call it, come out from those trees. Look at somebody say, come out from those trees. Come out from those trees. Some of us are hiding in those trees. Natural structures and systems. It says, the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. We spoke about it yesterday. That's not the accurate presentation. That was not the whole truth. He was not afraid because he was naked because he had been naked before before and he was not afraid. He was afraid because he was ashamed. So shame brings fear. The fear of rejection. The fear of failure. The fear of being stuck. The fear of being overwhelmed, the fear of not being good enough, the fear of losing it, the fear of, you know, shame also brings this fear of, let me not show myself too much in case I can't sustain it. Pardon? Yeah. Let me not, you know, because I can't tell you. But freedom from shame is, I got to give my best every time. So even if it so happens that at some point what I do is not as good as what I'm doing now, as long as it's still my best, there's no shame in my game. So for example, maybe like you have to contribute, somebody's going through stuff and you want to contribute and you have it in your power and possibly in your heart to give the person 15,000 naira. I said to yourself, ah, no, let me not give 15,000 because the next time they ask me for money, I have to give at least 15,000. No. Give the 15,000 you have now. 
Trust the Lord, you have more later. But the next time, even if you don't have that amount disposable, there's no shame in it. You're doing your best. And they heard the sound of the Lord good walking, so they hid themselves. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me. So God is your fault now. Adam, you're supposed to be grateful that God gave you a woman. Isn't it interesting how we don't take responsibility for the things that God calls our attention to, but we say, God is what you gave me that is stopping me. So God says, Ugoma, where are you in your prayer life? Have you started eating the salary of that bank? Ugoma says, Ah, God, it's the work that you gave me. Now, she doesn't say it's the work you gave me, but she says, God is my job. But there was a time the job was a prayer point. It's interesting how sometimes the answers to our prayer points stop us from praying other points. So at a certain time, you were praying to have an iPad. But now the way things are going, you might need an iPad so that you stop watching movies that have nothing to do with your destiny <laughs> who said so <laughs> anyway all I know is that God doesn't play games with his throne he is seated I know <laughs> you can actually watch God <laughs> and at the end of the day you wonder what you actually got I'm not saying you shouldn't watch it I mean my wife really loves it I mean I just don't watch plenty of things that because I can be very obsessive with the things I do. Yeah. So if I'm watching a series, let's watch it. Who's like me? If I'm playing games, I didn't, see, I don't even have games on my on my iPad. Because see, I see, you see all this fantastic Warcraft and end of the world final settlement, all those things on Instagram that they advertise. I know that if I should just download one of those games. So I throw myself into my assignment. That was me. Some of you are more... I don't even know whether it's flexible. Is that flexibility? You're more... You're more... What's the word? Is it conscientious? Or, I don't know. Some of us, what we're doing, we're doing what we're doing. Do you understand? It's like, if I sleep, I'm sleeping. Even if it's two hours or three hours. I'm, I'm not those. I sleep. 
You see, that's the annoying thing. If I fart as well, <laughs> Genesis chapter three. Receive, receive the ministry of the blood over your minds. Intense, gaseous ministrations. All right, just Genesis chapter three. Shia Bezal has given up on being my prefect. She's like, I've expended my head shaking. All right, so so he said, we heard your voice and we're naked. And he said, who told you we're naked? Have you eaten? So sometimes the things that God gives us now becomes the things that we latch onto as excuses. The children you've given me, the wife you've given me, the husband you've given me, the car, the job, the house you've given me. God give me this house and you know in this house a posh area in it it can't be doing prayer walks up and down like I used to do when I was in Iano not even Iano 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 when the Iano has Iano right and it says the woman he gave me and the Lord said to the woman what is this that you've done the woman said the serpent deceived me and I ate so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than the cattle and all of that. It speaks to the woman as well, to the man. Now, verse 19. In the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. Okay, so let's begin to understand that. In the sweat of your face, I read to go deeper today. Okay. Because I know I taught certain things last night that made some of you guys go like, wow. I mean, you understood it. But you're like, wow. Who went like, wow, last night? Okay. So we're going to have a bit more wow. Wowers. <laughs> so, so what God did was that God cursed the ground for his sake. It says, and toil you shall eat of it all days of your life. And all of that. Verse 19. In the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are and to dust you shall return. Man was taken, his body was taken out of the earth. What sustains a thing must come from what birthed that thing. So where do plants come from? The earth. What sustains them is where? In the earth. In fact, it's interesting to realize something. That when the rain pours upon the plant, the rain that does the plant's good has to first of all go where? Into the ground. The rain that destroys the plant is the one that floated above the earth. Because the sustenance of the plant must come from what the plant came out of. Are you getting this? So, if you received a prophecy in the place of prayer, what would sustain that prophecy? If you received a healing 
in an atmosphere of worship, what will sustain that health or that healing? If your spirit was birthed by the Christ in salvation, what will sustain your spirit? Christ, not your good works. Not your efforts. Not your resolution. Definitely not your camera resolution. No matter how many printing machines you have, you can't impress God. <laughs> oh, did, did you actually go all the way back? So that's what Paul was saying to the Galatians. He says, all oh, you foolish Galatians... Who has bewitched you. In other words, who has taken away the active use of your senses from you. That's what bewitchment is. Take away from you the usage of your active, logical sense or senses. It says, have you started in the spirit and you want to finish in the flesh? He's establishing the principle. How you start is how you finish. So Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. So, God said to Adam, from dust you are to dust you will return. Who is he speaking to? He's speaking to natural Adam. What's natural Adam? Natural. Nature. So the natural man is the man who is operating according to nature. He is ruled by nature. <laughs> His mood is regulated by the climate. His finances are controlled by the economy. His health is subject to the state of cleanliness or hygiene or sickness or disease in a certain environment. Environment. Now, who's a spiritual man? A spiritual man, spiritual man is a man who operates according to what? Spirit. So when he's saying that to dust, your, dust thou art, to dust shall return. This is speaking to spirit man or natural man. Natural man. Speaking natural man, it says that you're going to return to dust. But for it to sustain your body, what do you need? The earth will bring forth herbs. He said that in verse 18. It says, thorns and thistles shall bring before you and shall eat the herb of the field. It's actually establishing something that thorns and thistles will naturally come on their own. But if you want herbs, you need to cultivate it. For you to have problems in your life, you don't need to be actively involved in your life. The earth will produce problems for you. Look at somebody. <laughs> Look at somebody say, can you see any problems around you? Now, if they say yes, that means they're saying you're a problem. Because you're the person around them, isn't it? <laughs> so, it says that the earth will bring what thorns and thistles for you. But, Herbs, you shall eat the herb of the field. That means you have to cultivate the herbs now. By the way, 
Allah, should I say this now later? Let me leave it. In the sweat of your face shall eat bread. So how will you eat bread? In the sweat of your That means that for you to begin to eat bread, you have to sweat. So for natural man, natural man to eat bread, he has to depend on the sweat of his face. For spiritual man to eat bread, he does not have to depend on the sweat of his face. He needs to depend on the glory of God's face. Natural man is sustained by natural food. Spiritual man is sustained by spiritual food. What is that spiritual food? It's called the bread of life. It's also called the light of the world isn't that so and it says that out of the, the sweat of your face was coming out of your face now what comes out of your face is not what's on the inside of you all right so when paul writes the corinthians says that nobody knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit that be in in man nobody knows that of a man except the spirit that be in him therefore nobody knows the thoughts of god except who so god's spirit is where in god if God is going to sweat, what will come out? Now, what's sweating? Sweating just basically means that you're perspiring and then the stuff on the inside of you is coming out through the pores of your body. That means that when you're working, like for you to sweat, you're working out or you're working. So when you're working or you're working out, what comes out? Sweat. So when God is working or he's working out something, what comes out? What comes out? Yeah, glory. The spirit. If God is at work in a place, what's, what's coming out? The spirit. the spirit of God. Now, if we're going to go by this principle, how does the spirit of God come through God's face? Second Corinthians, we read from it yesterday. We'll come back to Genesis 3. Second Corinthians. Chapter 4. From verse 5. If you're there, can you say amen? amen. All right, try to go there because I'm teaching, so you have enough. Hi, how are you? We have enough time to go through a couple of scriptures. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your bond servants, for Jesus' sake. For it is God who commanded what? Light to shine out of darkness. That same God has shone where? To give the light of the of where? How does God give us a spirit? Through Jesus Christ. How do I know? John said, I baptize you with water, but he that comes after me will baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire so who baptizes us with the holy ghost jesus so how does god give us a spirit through the face of so who is the face of god jesus is the face of god and when you have the face of a thing can you tell many things about them or not but Jesus Christ is not just the face of God, it's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And the Bible says we're complete in him. But we know he's the face of Jesus Christ because he gives 
recognition to, to God. Right? It's the face of God because it gives recognition to God. By a person's face, can you recognize them or not? Yes. Ma, please come. If Ma comes to me and I say, Dr. Lanos. <laughs> How many of you guys go like, Right? Loads of life. Lulu, how you doing? <laughs> Dr. Shikams. <laughs> Are you going to go like, ah, awesome. What is so like, we praying, Lord, help him in the name of Jesus. And that, that this pastoring work can be very demanding, my father. Your grace is everything. So we recognize people by their faces. So Jesus Christ helps us to recognize who? God said to Adam, Out of the sweat of your face, you will eat. How does my spirit feed? Not out of the sweat of my face out of the glory from God's face what's the glory from God's face the expression of his spirit so what does my spirit feed on spirit food that's why before you came for immersion you had all kinds of issues and challenges and whatever but every time you walk into this place what happens to your spirit your spirit is eating jollof rice with a jardin Fried fish and a little, little bit of asu and salad, not salad, salad, the one that can have more inside. <laughs> and egg not ego egg that's the one with the shell inside around it <laughs> so that's how I feed so that food takes care of my internal environment so many of us are well fed but we still feel naked Still feel naked. So what does God do? God clothed them with tunics of skin. Somebody say, I'm fully dressed. I'm fully dressed. <laughs> Someone said, tell <laughs> Now, after God does all of that, verse 20, he says, and Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord made tunics of skin and did what? So the first fashion designer ever was who? G-O-D. Couture. Tunics of skin. I explained to you that tunics of skin was likely with this skin that you have. Now how do you know that this skin is a tunic? How many of you have shed skin before? So the way you change clothes, do you know you change your skin? How many months or weeks? No, no it's not every seven. It's, it's shorter than that. It's every cell in your body changes every seven years. As in, 
all the cells in your body right now are totally new and different from the ones you had seven years ago. Doctors, is that correct? That's correct. No, as in like, don't feel like you embarrass me if you say it's not correct. I, I can handle it. I tell you, you know, you just agree with pastors. So are you healed now? Yes, pastor. Yes, pastor. I can handle it. If it's not, I will learn. Instead of perpetrating ignorance all over the world. <laughs> but that's correct, right? Because I know I've studied. You know, I, I try. I'm, I read. I try. <laughs> so, totally different. So, your skin is actually shorter. I don't know how often it is. Who's a dermatologist here? Okay. Some people are not dermatologists, they are tautologists. How, how often does your body shed skin? Does you, you, know. you guys have seen it. You know, like when you're washing or something, just see dry skin peeling. Now when you say shed skin, don't get scared. Not like the whole flap of skin. I'll be... Twenty-seven. So those are particles. But saying regenerating skin... Is every so God changes your tunic of skin every month every four weeks you have new skin now that's something you don't pray for how much more than the ones you pray for imagine if there had to be a long queue skin renewal queue ah, my wife, have you changed your skin this month you have, yeah. let's go and beg God though Let's go and collect our skin allocation. And I think that the angels, they are not like, the, as in the angels are super smart. They are not ignorant because, it's like, ah, I'm, what are you here for? Angel Maywa. Okay, you're not the angel. Yeah, the believer. Angel Gabriel. Okay, the angel Gabriel is too big. Angel, skin changer or whatever. I'm here for skin. Oh, yeah, sit down, sit down. Skin. Put apron and cut. <laughs> Ah, there's no what time. <laughs> Imagine if God ran out of skin. Evangelist Joseph, sir, you've not collected your own skin. Batch senior. Strength. Like you don't get skin, but God is so organized the system. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Can we glorify God for just skin regeneration? That's an important one. So I spoke about the skin, so your skin changes ever so often and all, and the skin protects your body. That's essentially what the outer skin does scratches and all of that if you didn't have skin that means that any small thing you just see your capillary tubes and all of those things bleeding someone will just scratch you ah blood phew so it's going to be a bloody world yeah. 
See blood of the yeah, I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. I said, No, your blood. <laughs> but thank God. Thank God we're covered. Now, don't forget, the word says that they made for themselves. I want you to understand this, please. What the word says after they fell was that they made for themselves coverings. Verse 7, somebody say coverings. Verse 7, what did they make for themselves? Coverings. That's what they did. But look at what God gave to them. God didn't make for them coverings. He made for them tunics of skin. God doesn't want it to be covered out of your purpose. He doesn't want it to find communities that swallow up your true identity. So when God clothed them, he clothed them with skin. God wants you to be comfortable in your own skin. Some of y'all missed that one. Because to cover our vulnerability, some of us have identified with people that eventually shut down our possibilities. So somebody, the wrong person, give you money for your business. The person keeps reminding you, if not for me, where will you be? Where will you be if not for my grace? Say so from today, when you call me, put DH at the back. Destiny up. You know what I'm saying? They keep reminding you. Ah, we're the ones that paid your school fees so in 1925. I was born in 95. Yeah, before you were born. My great-great-grandfather already decided to pay. <laughs> they made for themselves coverings. God made for them tunics of skin. How many of you know that you, you don't feel, when, when you have your skin, you don't feel like you're carrying anything? Yeah. You're not overly careful. So, let me be careful how I walk, oh, because the skin might just fall off. Ah. <laughs> I've counseled people in my life. I counseled one guy that said that he feels bad about different things. If he's walking to somebody's house and he plucks a flower from the field in front of it, he'll feel like he's stolen from them. He says that if he hugs somebody or shakes their hand, he'll feel like he's stealing body warmth. So God made for them tunics of skin. Somebody say, I'm comfortable in the skin that God gave me. Say with confidence, my skin is not borrowed. I'm comfortable. Some of you, God now even gave you beauty spot on your skin. Designer skin. A touch. 
have creativity. Customized. <laughs> Let me leave that. All right, so God, now, verse 22, then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. In other words, he has experienced, he has come to. God didn't want man to experience evil. I spoke about that yesterday. Ugoma. God didn't want you to experience any kind of evil. It says, and now, watch this, and now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life. Oh, and eat and live forever. Some of you have heard me explain this, but many of you might not, or some of you might have forgotten. So the issue here was not that God was trying to punish Adam and Eve, say, hey, bad children, you have now disobeyed, right? like some of our parents you've disobeyed you've disobeyed you watch television when i said don't watch television you even now listen to radio after watching television to wash it down because of that no meat for the next three days anybody ever punished now some of you guys didn't realize that that was just an excuse to not let you know there was no money to buy meat say you children you have done it again you have done it again you children you have done it gary and granite next three days so like ah we're bad children it was a budget management plan a scheme <laughs> budget adjustment scheme bus <laughs> right so that's not what God was trying to do here. Like, oh, so you've now eaten the tree of the, of the good and evil, right? You've eaten it. You've eaten it. You've <laughs> no more food. Get out of here. No. He explains why. He said, now, because they have experienced good and evil, they've seen the good that I, I have and the evil that comes in my absence. And in disobeying me. Because they've, they've experienced that. If they now eat the tree of life. That tree of life will make their current state of good and evil permanent. In other words. Their condemnation and their guilt will be as eternal as the life that that fruit will give them. Let it see. God is all good. He's saying because now they have eaten bad fruit. And they have not bad fruit. They've done bad thing. And, they, and they're in a state, a fallen state. If they eat this tree, because see, the tree of life doesn't respect, not respect of persons. It comes to give life. Come on. So if they eat that life in this state, what will happen? To permanent. So, how will this situation be reversed? Number one, just let's remove them from this place. 
And that's why the word now says, again, look at what the word says. It says that, and Adam and Eve, verse 23. Therefore, the Lord God sent them or sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man. You didn't talk about the woman. See, you're right. But he didn't drive out the woman. But God already knew. I, I, could, I could really teach and, and, and preach this. But I'm looking at my... I'm looking... <laughs> I'm trying to matter that. But let me let me just talk about a couple of things. If you look through all of this, let me let me take it to verse 22. God said, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us. It didn't say the woman. The man has become like one of us. He has experienced evil. Is a very very simple thing. What's the process? What the follower picks up is regulated by the person is following, or what he can pick up. So, Adam had two opportunities to stop all of this from happening. One opportunity was to prepare Eve. So that if already understood what exactly God said. In other words, Adam should have taught Eve the way he was instructed. So divine instructions are not to end with you. They are to be amplified into the consciousness of everybody within your space. Because sometimes you will get punished because of the disobedience of those connected to you. The entire ship going to Tashish was in a storm because of the disobedience of one person. Some of you are obedient to God, but your friends are disobedient. And your life is in a storm that you know nothing about. Look at somebody say, who's in your ship? Who's in your friend ship? Who's in your court? Who's in your fellow? Relation? Intern? If there is a Jonah, you what? Apprentice, ship, mentor, <laughs> disciple. If there is a Jonah in your ship, get ready for storms. I wish I could preach a message. Write those titles for me. They're so powerful. Come out from those trees. Yeah. Right, right. That's, that's powerful. This one, when Jonah steps in. <laughs> that's gonna be the end <laughs> that'll be the end of the message <laughs> but when Jonah steps in phew, the storms show up all of a sudden boom 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 <laughs> why is my mind like this
people want me to say it. Dr. Obi is the holiest person in this place. She says she does not want to hear. <laughs> I'm not saying it. Don't worry. And it's not even what you put think. It's nothing. It's nothing. Nothing out of this world. It was just along the lines of when Jonah steps in. <laughs> I've already said it. <laughs> so, God said to Adam, to the man, has said, get out of here. But God already knew that the woman was going to follow. Why? Because when God spoke to the woman, he said her desire will be to... Oh yeah, he had said that. So watch this. Listen, your desire can take you places God hasn't sent you to. God didn't tell Eve leave the garden. It's desires. Look at somebody say kilo desire. Desire. do you see that so people are in relationships that God has not sent them into their desire people are back and hear that one now people can start businesses God didn't send them to but what kind of woman would Eve be if our husband went out, like, ah, Kasia, Lyra. <laughs> what can kind of she be? Maybe there could have been a partnership. She'll be bringing the goods. <laughs> the first long distance relationship. <laughs> So the first time was Adam should have taught Eve. So teach everybody around you what God is teaching you. You don't have to teach them all of it. Not everybody can accept or understand. That's not the word accept. It's not accept, understand all of it. Because some people cannot get some things until they come to certain places. But the fundamentals, the foundations need to be taught. So if there is a 16-year-old in your house who's just passing time, you know, that holiday season, teach that guy something. Because you might be saving him from becoming an abuser. Or a drug addict. Or a, a yahooza. Or yahooist. <laughs> or yahoo. The second time was that when God said to Adam, Have you 
eating of the tree. You see, again, God is have you touched it? Have you eaten of the tree? That could have been, oh God, <laughs> what kind of man am I? I'm sorry, sir. Okay, okay, wonderful. Could have done that. And he could have taken the heat. Responsibility. Now, if that had happened, do you know what? If that happened, logically or naturally speaking, God could have said, oh, wow, that's a repentant heart, right? And with repentance comes what mercy. Yes. He that concealeth the sin shall not shall be condemned, but he that confesseth and forsaketh shall find what? Mercy. So if he had confessed and forsaken and finds mercy, what's he appealing to? Is that part of the character of God or not? Yes. Full of mercy. So the mercy of God would have flowed. What do you have in the most holy place? Mercy. So mercy is one of the holiest attributes of the divine. So how do you know somebody that does not really know God? The person doesn't show mercy. The person doesn't really know God. Even if they're in a superintendent, deputy, angelic, cherubistic. If you don't show mercy, because what seat do you have in the most holy place? It's not wisdom seat. It's mercy seat. The capacity of your spirit, man, is directly proportional to the degree of mercy you show. That's why it says the glory of kings to overlook a matter. But you know the devil does not show any mercy. And I believe that God then would have told Adam, Oh, you can now eat of the tree of life. You, do you know if you had eaten of the tree of life, what would you have had? Eternal life. Because he will be living eternally from a place of repentance. Not condemnation or guilt, but acceptance in the beloved. Right? So two opportunities missed, both of them. So he drove, them, drove out the man and he placed, now watch this, Hey! So he drove out the man and he placed, what did he place? Cherubim, a certain kind of angelic uh, host, one of the highest caters. They're about at least, they're at least 10 to 12 different kinds of angels. Seraphims, cherubim, <laughs> watchers. Uh, they're warring angels. They're message angels. They're angels that give strength. They're angels that give wisdom. They're wisdom angels. All right. Now, he placed cherubim at the east of the garden. And what did he put there? A flaming sword, which turned where? Turn on your own. Turned where? To guard the way. Now, what have we been taught? That God now put angels there to prevent anybody. If you come here, I'll kill you. But 
guarding the tree away from people. They are actually guarding the way to the tree of life. Because God's agenda was for man to still eat the tree of life. Oh my Lord. <laughs> but for you to eat of the tree of life, you must follow the flaming sword. Look at somebody say follow the sword. Some of y'all are not saying it. Say follow the sword. Somebody say follow the flaming sword. Let's go to the book of Revelations. I hope I can finish this shortly. Not shortly, shortly, but. Revelations chapter 2. Revelations chapter 2 and verse 7. Revelations. Look at somebody say, You're so strong. Look at that person say, I admire your strength. Revelations 2, verse 7. What does it say? Let's read it together. 2 verse 7. Let's read from the back. I want to hear your voices. Hannah and company. Mutariah and company. Let's go. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat. So the plan was for you to eat of the tree anyway. Look at some say, I'm going to eat of the tree. That's the plan. That's the plan. That's the plan. Now that sword, the word says that the sword was turned in every direction. I love the flaming sword of God. Do you know why? It means that regardless of what direction I was raised in, the sword can address me. In other words, if I was raised in drugs, I can find my way with the sword. If I was raised in fornication, I can find my way with the sword. If, my, if I was conceived to a mother that I don't even know, or I, I don't know my, who my father is, no matter what the direction is, the sword. Sword is pointing. But they fled. And they went into that place. Now my emphasis this morning really is not all this backdrop. This is just the introduction to the teaching. <laughs> now let's get started. What's the significant thing that God did? Tunics of skin. Someone said tunics of skin. So we see that God is involved in clothing people. He clothes us. So let's go to the book of Exodus. Or oh, you know what? You know what? Let, let me just read a couple of things from Revelations. Since we're in Revelations three, uh, Revelations two. So he says, "I'll give them this one. Give give them that one." Now, if you go to the book of uh, the, the I mean the chapter. Uh, 
chapter 3 chapter 3 from verse 3 Revelation 3 from verse 3 remember therefore how you have received and heard hold fast and repent therefore if you will not watch I will come upon you as a thief and you will not know what hour I will come upon you you have a few names even in Sardis who have not done what? Who have not defiled their garments and they shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. Verse 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and I will not blot out his name from the book of life but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Now, somebody goes, should I go in this direction? Somebody goes, oh, okay. So that means that God can blot people's names out of the book of life. Uh, isn't that what, what you have there? Isn't that what you have there? Yes. Are you scared to say? So, pardon? You didn't want me <laughs> going in the word. Anything I'm saying, I'll say from the word. Isn't that true? Should, should I just say something about that? Because some people want to know, ah, it's like God has finally removed my name from this book. No wonder everything is... <laughs> now, that's Revelation 3 verse what? 3 verse what? Let's go to another chapter in the book of Revelations. I just want to get it right. So, okay, I think it's chapter 20. So let's go to Revelation 20 verse 15. What does verse 15 say? That's it verse 15? Sorry, Revelation 20. Okay, verse 15. All right. All right, great. Can somebody read it, please? And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Anyone. Any what? Any what? Any Kenny. So what's written in the book? Is he a name or a person? I know his name. I know his name. His name. 
some transition will add their own. Whose name? For some people might even put whose nicknames have. <laughs> Whosoever was not found in the book of life, what's going to happen? So yeah, you can say names are written. But it's essentially the people, how do I, let me give an example. If, how, many, how many Tunde Johnsons do you think there are in the world? John Morgan, how many do you think are in the world? Huh? For your name to be very unique, it has to be someone like Agbako. Like <laughs> Faith said his name is Olorija. Agbako Olorija in Konshemi. Those these are like very unique names. If your name is like Femi Akinkbelu, there are like I don't know 50 of you or something. Your name is Chukumaeze. <laughs> Musa Yusuf. So it's essentially really the person. Okay? Now, in Revelation 17, verse 8, what does it say? Revelation 17, verse 8. Quickly, 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 quickly. From when? When was the book written? So that's. <laughs> Look at us and say, "By grace are you saved?" So I'm like, "Hey, is my name there?" What happened? So you see, you see why salvation by works is totally as in, is, is, is there's no argument there. What do you want to do now that can change what happened before you were born? God, if I arrange more chairs, maybe you will like me. God, change that list. Let it be supplementary list. This is... So in Revelations 3 verse 5, when it, which was read earlier, the one that said, I will not blot out their name, what is saying, the essential meaning of that is this. Now some people have argued, let me tell you what some people have argued. Some people have argued that everybody's name was written in the book. But those that don't accept Jesus, blotted out. It makes some kind of technical sense. yeah. But I will tell you what, that that book of life when you think about book, when think about book, when it's saying that the book of life and all of that, I don't want us to think about a physical book. Right? I want us to see it as an embodiment of written information. That book of life, I don't know whether there's a literal book, but the real book of life is Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hebrews says, Behold, I come in the volume. All those books were written about the book that I am. 
So anyone who is not found in Christ will be cast into the lake of fire. He is the book. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the embodiment of records. And John 10, 27 says that he that believes in me, I will in no wise. So nobody can snatch them. So I'll give to them eternal life. That means that once your name is in that book, nobody can snatch you out of it. It's not to make you apprehensive and pensive. Ha, ah, be careful. I don't know the one I will do now that God will just say, remove his name. I've had it. How many times will you lie? That's lie number 155,265 and a half. It's only you. Only you. Only you. I'm fighting off. If I let's dramatize it. I want like three people to come and hold me, Maya, and all of them. Don't hold me violently. Just hold me gently. Like. No! I can't take it anymore! Leave me alone! I want to delete his name! They see like... All the angels say, God, please, please. You got angels gonna be holding God. Don't hold me. <laughs> Come and be begging. Come and beg. So please. I'm his angel. I can vouch for <laughs> Leave me! I will de angel you soon. <laughs> So look at your name. Look at your neighbor. Say, my name, is there. my name is there. How do you know? It's very simple. Ephesians tells us that we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit as the guarantee of the purchased possession, as the down payment. Romans 8 explains to us that the Holy Spirit cries within our hearts, saying, Abba, Father. So the assurance is as spiritual as what you claim to be assured of. What do you claim to be assured of? Eternal life. Can you see it? So the assurance of eternal life cannot be visible. God is going to give you receipts. Faith. Salvation receipts. Keep it well. Oh. If... If you misplace it, there's nothing like a who could do. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's the original one that you must present. And you must carry it everywhere because the day you, you be called to heaven, you must have it on you. It's a spiritual transaction. God cannot give you a fiscal receipt for a spiritual gift. Ah, receipt of word of knowledge. This, this, this. No, it's spiritual. That's why it's by faith. Walk by faith. God is your strength, Rosie. You're strengthened with might in your inner man. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's stretch our hands towards Rosemond and just pray strength for her. Strength in the name of Jesus Christ. And for anybody who might need strength, physical, emotional, mental at this point, 
here or away from this place speak for strength the name of Jesus it is well with you. can you give her a hug for me a real hug like <laughs> holy people can hug too so it's a spiritual thing so I hope somebody's you understand that so if the Holy Spirit is in your heart in fact God doesn't even condemn you it says even if our hearts condemn us so God is greater than our hearts that's what it says someone is on the cross thief only carry him go like this guy is certified thief it's not a thief as I'm from Benway State it's You guys cannot reject me. The Lord gave me to you as your pastor. Whether you like me or not, here I am. Cooper song. Here I am. Feel me, Lord. Now look at this. The thief is on the cross. It's on the cross. One person said, ah, see this guy. He calls himself the son of God. Mm. Son of God called son of God. S-O-G, Sog. That's coming all of Jerusalem. See your end. I just this scam. I just use religion as your own uh, scamming device. Me, at least I was stealing. You were lying and stealing. Not good. <laughs> the other guy was like, Oh, sorry, their nails with their hands were nailed. It's okay. You can Aren't you scared? Isn't this guy really the son of God? So this guy's the son of God. Don't talk like that. And he said, well, you didn't rebuke him. He actually spoke to Jesus. He said, please, when you go to paradise, remember me in your kingdom. Which sinner's prayer did he say? Say after me. I used to be a thief. Lord Jesus. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that thing we've put in place, you don't even find it written anywhere in the Bible. Somebody's getting healed right now. I'm not saying it's wrong, get it. But I'm saying salvation is faith in Christ. It's so simple that because it's so simple, we say, let's glamorize it. It cannot be that simple. How can it be? It's too simple. <laughs> Romans 10 and 9. With the heart man believes. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, how about people who are dumb? Their mouth is in their heart. Because as clear and as loud as your thoughts are to you, they are to God. <laughs> Yeah. 
God is closer to you than your thoughts are to you. Because for your thoughts to register to you as thoughts, they have to run through miles of synaptic transmissions through the neurological pathways. But God is spirit. He knows your thoughts before they congeal in your mind. David said, you know my thoughts are far off. Shebahanda. That's why there's something called the prayer of meditation. You're not saying anything, but God is hearing your heart. So the word says, guard your heart. When Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer unto all nations. And 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20 says that you are the house of God. When I was saying the house, my house, he wasn't talking about temple, he was talking about you. You are a house of prayer. I am a mobile prayer house. <laughs> That's right. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for a few minutes. Drive those truths into your consciousness. Repa papala kando brokozile boria tabaske leto shata visa platas. God has given you the spirit of wisdom. Lepro tabasi ataba. Never say I'm confused. Never say I don't know what to do. Wisdom springs up from within your spirit. Kupa repatoshi tabase katal. La bosiata canere dovaso, preto palira, leto shata rapata, rope kendo brozobeli brigabalia tavaski, lipo zadei brzabatish pradagalia, ropopopoporopele conta racaveli, ripa cruzeli brato zene brdapeli and tabragatala, ropos copra to belly brdapali and brigatala, yezo spezanda bratagale brdapolia brigapalia brigata, ripata caracata racapata shatabara. Somebody let's stir it up. Let's stir it up. Stir it up. My name is in the book of life. I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm in him. I'm fully formed by him. I don't eat bread from the sweat of my face. I eat the living bread from the release of his glory. Reto kato zira bato spredo pali enta bashke ropoto lekratu vezi lekatale brudopoli enta bragata rapa tanga begedovria pali othara kadali juzbeji prata gale tombre de kovalia repa kata kata rakata rapa kata le brudopoli evragapule peri enta bragatolo rempa zuvregetila prahatashka le paska rapa kato repa tovisa katila bandere de koda reta paskelo prube come on somebody stir it up until you hit something in the spirit yes yes you push hard 
Irakatere Zovezi Batazi Lepatospe Ropatashke Rapataka Ratakope Letopari Batale Repakovinda Kande Brutopelia Tavaske Lupe Kratuvesi Antabashke Ropataka La Rampazakata Batagata Rapakatara Kapaya Kataka Repokotole Parovedia Barakataka Reposia Tabala Bashinda Bragata Reposande Bragatolo Bragatila Bari Belegadia Bragatolova we have come unto Mount Zion. We have come into the place of the manifest presence of God. We have come into the space and the zone in which His glory is made visible. We approach you, O God, with boldness and confidence in our hearts. Our claim to access is not in our works, it's not in our pedigree, it's not in our degree. It's in the power of the blood of Jesus. Jesus Christ, le paratasa, re patopalido protopeli, o pengato vrizakatia sopada. Thank you, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ, metoria, idacato spredopeli and tabradacalia, indobospere de peria tabradapali, o protuse brita pali brotopolo. Reposando bragata. Rapazando bragatera that's why when you look through the whole of the epistles Paul would say in him in him we have redemption in him we have forgiveness he is our life when Christ who is our life shall appear he was saying you are in the book you are enlisted your name is there you are in him you are hidden in him if anyone be in Christ he's a new creature all things have passed away and all things have become new we glorify you that we are in you we are saturated by your glory we are submerged in your spirit we are clothed by your glory my mind is in you my heart is in you my being is in you my soul is in you karande kopari e bruso poli brada pali brada tola brada tule brata brata repata parata 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 rapata paraka pali brada tolia u prede pere de boro ropoto poro do boro do boro imbra sombro do do boro do repasondo A generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this grown community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.